0: Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King, a Holiness of Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. We may say unto him, What doest thou? And today, the Word of the King, uh, my brother
1: King Wolfgang, is going to bring forth a message to you straight from the infallible, inerrant, perfect, preserved Word of God. Uh, I pray now may the incredible seed of the Word of God, which liveth and body forever, by the power of the Holy Spirit, minister to your soul.
2: Lord Jesus, it's that time, Lord, for me and you, Lord, to get going on this, Lord. But it's mainly, Lord, your turn. You got mail. <laughs> and Lord, you got to help me here. Lord, it's your turn to help me, Lord, to first preach like I'd never preached before. And then, Lord, it's also your turn to help those out there listening to listen like they've never listened before, like it may be their last time. Because, Lord, they could be listening for their last time. And I could be preaching like it may be my last time, because it very well could be both my last time to preach and their last time to ever listen, their last time to listen and my last time to preach. So, Lord, we ask you to help both me to preach and them to listen like it may be their last time, because, Lord... We never know that it could be our very last time. We ask you, Lord, to help us now as we get ready to start our seventh part of the series that you've asked us to bring, Lord, in the life of Abraham. We ask you, Lord, to do all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, Tim, as you get your leaves ready at Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21, we're going to go into our little theme song that we've used thus far through every episode of Carrie Underwood and Jesus Take the Wheel. We'll have you get ready with Genesis chapter 21, so as soon as we're done with the song, we'll get you to be ready to read Genesis chapter 21. But first, we'll get into our little theme song from Carrie Underwood that kind of leads us into our theme episode, as we've done every time, with part seven, and the life of Abraham and Jesus take the wheel. She was driving last Friday on her way to
3: Cincinnati on a snow-white Christmas Eve. To see her mama and her daddy with the baby in the back seat. Fifty miles to go, and she was running low on faith and gasoline. It'd been a long, hard year. She had a lot on her mind, and she didn't pay attention. She was going away too fast. And before she knew it, she was spinning on a thin black sheet of glass. She saw both her Before her eyes, she didn't even have time to cry. She was so scared.
2: we get ready with Genesis chapter 21 there, Tim, uh, get ready for Abraham to be caught <laughs> tonight. Remember I promised that we were going to finally expose the real reason several episodes back of why the Arabs and the Islamic nation had a beef and I was going to expose the real reason? Well, we're going to expose it tonight right here in this chapter so let us read genesis chapter 21 for part 7 the life of abraham and jesus take the wheel genesis chapter 21 the lord
1: visited Son, son of this bondwoman shall not be heir of my son, even with Isaac. The thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in my sight because of the lad, because of thy bondwoman. all the Sarah said unto thee, hearken unto voice, for an Isaac shall ask him call. And also the son of the following will I make a nation is as I see. Abraham rose up early in the morning and put bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar. Putting it on her shoulder, the child sent her away, and she departed and watered in the wilderness of Beersheba. The water was spent in the bottle. She cast the child under one of the shrubs. Against him a good way off, as it were a bow shot, said, Let me not see the death of the child. She sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. God heard the voice of the lad. The angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, A guilty Hagar, fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad, for he is. Rise, lift up the lad. Hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went, filled the bottle with water, and gave the lad drink. God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. He dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. It came to pass at that time that Abimelech and called chief captain of the host, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee, what thou doest. Therefore swear unto me, hereby God, that thou wilt not deal falsely with me, nor with my son, nor with my son's son, but according to the kindness that I have done unto thee, thou shalt do unto me to the land wherein thou hast shorn. Abraham said, I will swear. Abraham approved the Biblical because of a well of water, which Biblical servants had violently taken away. But Biblical said, I would not would have done, who have done this thing. Neither didst thou tell me, neither yet heard I of it, but to did Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them unto Abimelech, Both of them made a covenant. Abraham sent seven free from the flock by themselves. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What meaneth these seven free lambs that thou hast sent by themselves? And he said, These seven free lambs shalt thou take of my hand, say they may be a witness unto me that I have did this well. Wherefore he called that place Beersheba, because they swear. They made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech rose up, a call, and she cast of his host. They returned into the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a groom near Sheba, called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. Abraham sojourned in the Philistines' land many days. Uh,
2: uh, uh, uh. You may be a friend of a of God there Abraham, but you've just been exposed. Tim, do you see it? See Abraham it wasn't as the Arab nation says over land. it was because of what daddy did to mommy and the teenage boy it's a point of revenge see here this teenage boy remembers what daddy did to his wife see when even when i first read the story i thought that cuz it said here that she cast her son under the bush. I thought, okay, this is like a three-year-old kid. But then, after I read it better through the story a couple times, no, we're talking, remember, he grew up to be, as we said earlier, remember, it said he was 13 years old, when finally God spoke to Abraham saying that he was going to have a son through Sarah. Remember when I had you point that out a couple episodes ago? Well, now he's another year older, Abraham is. He's 100 years old. He's not 99. He's 100 years. That would make Ishmael 14 years old. We're not talking a little kid. This kid is well aware of what's going on around him. And Hagar sees Sarah, basically, breastfeeding Isaac. And then, all of a sudden, here's this old lady breastfeeding an infant. And then finally, the day Isaac is breastfed and weaned, they had this big party. And all because Ishmael has a belly laugh, so to speak. And Sarah doesn't like it. Sarah gets all upset. So she goes to Abraham and says, you need to get rid of these two. They're not, they're not, he's, Ishmael is not going to be, have an inheritance with my son. I don't want him to inherit. Well, God already told Abraham. Ishmael was not to have the inheritance. That was no question in that. Abraham already accepted that. But here's the problem, Abraham. This is still, Hagar is still your wife. Bond woman or not, you notice Sarah all of a sudden goes back on, well, she's the bond woman no she's still your wife Abraham Sarah you did give Hagar to your husband as a second wife excuse me she's still his wife and Abraham no matter how grievous this is to you you should have stepped up to the plate and said to Sarah excuse me this is not my this is my wife and uh, even if I'm even though They're not to have the inheritance. God already said that. I agree with you. I'm not going to throw them out in the street like a common dog or a common jailbird.
1: Now, any?
2: Yeah. Can I say something? Go ahead. Verse 11 does say, and the thing was very grievous in Abraham's
1: sight because of his son. Right. First thought, and God said unto Abraham, "Would it not be grievous to thy sight. I, I was headed there,
2: Tim. I was headed there. Okay? It that's where I was headed. See? It was grievous to him, but it wasn't grievous enough for him. I was headed there, Tim. It wasn't grievous enough to him not to still he still Listen to Sarah true enough and he listened to what God said. But where did God show me one place that God said, Abraham, treat your second wife like a dog and only send her away with the clothes on her back and only uh, barely enough water and food to get by less than a day or two. Chapter and verse. When you read this text, she barely had enough bread and water to get by. Uh, This is his wife. And God said very clearly that Ishmael was yet to be another nation. Why? Because he was Abraham's son. No, he was not to have the inheritance. I agree. Much agreed. But he did not say to treat Ishmael nor Hagar with less dignity. He, he did not say that you could not send Hagar out with a servant. God never said that. God did not say, Abraham, send them out only with bread and water like a prisoner. And only with the clothes on their back. And that makes sense. See, when you look at it from both sides, it makes sense why later that the Arab nation now feels that they, they feel, notice the key word, they feel they have a right because they were treated like trash. But, sorry, Arab nation, you don't. God gave the deed over and over again in black and white right here in these verses again. He said, the inheritance was Isaac's, period. Black and white, the title deed is right there. But like I said, nowhere, not one verse, did God say, Abraham, this woman is not your wife. And this woman is nothing more than a jailbird send her off with bread and water and the clothes on her back. Now, he could have at least sent her off with a camel. He could have sent her off with a little better provisions. He could have sent them off with even another servant. He could have treated her as a wife is my point. And I think... Now, this is my own take on it. If Ishmael had seen that, if Abraham had done that and treated his wife as a wife and sent her away, I think maybe there wouldn't have been the problem we have today. But no, treated it, and later this problem comes up again, we're going to see. Before Abraham dies, he does the same thing again. Just like he did with the little white lie, doesn't learn his lesson. I don't have a problem with the inheritance issue. Because it's black and white. God said it. That settles it. Isaac was to have the inheritance. Fine. God said it. That settles it. Sorry. That's the way it goes. They get the land. Jewish people get the land. God said it. That settles it. Done. But nowhere did God say, when you have one, two, or ten wives, you don't treat the others like dirt. That's my point. That's where I'm coming from. <laughs> and that's where the problem come from. They saw their... What we're saying here is they came and they said, okay, you treated us like dirt and a dog. Now it's our time to come back See, that takes us to Matthew seven twelve. As ye, Jesus said, As ye would that men should do to you, do ye to them likewise, for this is the law and the prophets. Well, had Abraham done that, treated Hagar as he would have wanted to be treated, treated her as, as a wife, just as she, he would have wanted her to be treating him as a husband, should she had to have pushed him out, I think, in the same circumstance, it would have been better. Realizing that, hey, that was still his child, is my point. And then, of course, as we go through the chapter, we find, of course this situation over a well, and the making of the covenant, saying, look, now, I didn't know this happened, (laughs) and they say, now, wait a minute, we're not going to cause an argument here, Abimelech comes to Abraham, we didn't know this happened, so, look, instead of causing an argument, let's make a covenant or promise between us that hey, we're not going to cause no war, no strife. Let's just put some lambs aside and make a covenant saying, look, we didn't have a problem with that. And so they made a covenant between themselves saying, we're not going to cause a problem, but rather we're going to be peaceful. Why? Because, look, I'm going to reprove or repair the damage that somebody else caused and restore, basically. And that's what they were doing here. And then, of course, the guy takes off and heads on home. All right, then, Tim. Now let us go into Chapter 22 and... See what we find also in the life of Abraham here.
1: Genesis chapter twenty-two. It came to pass the that God did tempt Abraham. Said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. He said, Take thou thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom. Thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering on one of the mountains. I will tell thee. of. Uh, Abraham rose up early in the morning, and shined his ass to his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and played the wood and burnt offering. Rose up and went unto the place which God told. Him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place far off. Abraham said unto his young men, Find ye here with the gas, and I and the lab will go yonder and worship coming into you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took fire in his hand, and a knife, and they went both of them together. Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood will the lamb for a burnt offering. Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went with them together. They came to the place which God had told him up. Abraham built a dog there and laid the wood in order. found Isaac's son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. The angel of the Lord called unto him, him out of heaven, he said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, Here am I. He said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou any thing unto him. Now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not fell thy son, thine only son for me. Abraham set up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horn. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham called the name of that place, Jehovah-Jireh, as it is called to this day, In the mouth of the Lord it should be seen. The angel of the Lord called him to Abraham out of heaven a second time, and said, By myself have I sworn. Saith the Lord, Because thou hast done this thing, thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, and in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed the stars of the heaven, as the sand was upon the seashore, thy feet shall possess his enemies. And thy feet shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men. They rose up and went together to Beersheba. Abraham dwelt in Beersheba that came to pass after these things, that it was told Abraham, saying, well, "Milk she hath also born children unto thy brother, Nahor. Who is his firstborn? And who is his brother? Chemuel, father of Aram, and Chazin, and his and Bilesh, and Jedloth, and Bethuel. Bethuel begot Rebekah, he's so could it bear's some name Abraham's brother. And his concubine, whose name was Rehomah, she bear also Kebam and Gehame and Hash and Mishah.
2: Amen. All right. One of the most famous... Chapters, one of the most famous stories in the life of Abraham that we find in the life of Abraham. And yes, this is when we could say that he definitely let Jesus take the wheel. Yes, this is when. He actually even got to see Jesus a little bit. Why? Because he finally learned to let Jesus have everything. He finally was ready to surrender everything. And that included his only only son that was given to him by a woman who was of an age that she could have never given him another son. But yet, when God said, give your only son on an altar as a sacrifice, he finally realized, okay, if God would be willing to take, and if he'd be willing to give his son, that God could easily resurrect Isaac. And so he took his son and they headed down the road <laughs> and Isaac asked a very profound question. Well, you got the wood, you got the fire, you got everything for the sacrifice, but where's the lamb? Where's the ram? Where's the lamb? Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says a very profound statement, God will provide himself. Jesus is going to show up on the scene. (laughs) And he did. Because if you notice, it says the angel of the Lord spoke to Abraham. That's Jesus, once again. Because the angel of the Lord, over and over in the Old Testament, was referred to, that was Jesus. And then, when, after Abraham went to try to slay his son, the angel of the Lord showed up and said, don't do it. And then... Well and behold there was the ram in the form uh, Jesus in the form of the ram shows up is sacrificed and then finally do we notice a certain family that God gives reference to that's going to be coming up pretty soon why sure Isaac's future wife is named. Isaac's future wife, Rebecca, is named in the family that was mentioned at the end of this chapter. It was finally time that Abraham let Jesus take the wheel. Which leads us to this lesson that we can learn through today. Yes, even Abraham, as much as he was a friend of God, he slipped. But yet, at the same time, he got up, dusted off his girdle, loincloth, whatever he was wearing, stood on his feet again, and got back on the horse, the camel, and went again. Which teaches us one valuable lesson tonight. We need to do the same thing. When we fall short of what God wants us to do, we need to let Jesus take the wheel, dust ourselves up, get up again, and let Jesus take the wheel. So, this kind of runs us out of our time for part 7. But we'll be picking up with Genesis chapter 23 in part 8. Next time.
0: Oh, well, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse, for cursed be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them, we're told in the book of Galatians, all oh, but here it is. But God committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin, for if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Menial, mortal, sin, whatever you call it, all unrighteousness. God is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection alone. For by grace he is saved through faith in that, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.